The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey with six offices located throughout the state. Our newest one still is in Bedminster at 2345 Lamington Road. And that again is in Bedminster. To reach our office is 973 973- 285-7800. Our website is ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com. And the Answers Live website is answersliveNJ.com. Please keep visiting that website to listen to the past shows. Send me messages. I do listen to all the messages everyone is sending me, and I want to thank everyone for supporting the show. I think we're up to our 36th uh, show, and I appreciate all your support on that. Of course, um, every Sunday, I try to bring you different topics, uh, listening to what everyone wants me to uh, touch base on. And we talk about medical uh, pretty much every Sunday. With that, there's always decisions to be made. People who have strokes have rehab to attack. People who have a prognosis have to accept that and make decisions from that. So I was thinking, how could I help the listeners deal with those decisions? And believe it or not, I found someone who is a decision-making expert. She also is a contributing author. Her name is Gina Calvano. And uh, she is a contributing author, like I said, on a book called Breakthrough. Uh, Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a little different uh, from normally. I usually do very medical um, topic-oriented shows and treatments with bariatric surgeries and nutrition and, you know, unfortunately, sad diseases and cancers. And while we were thinking about that, decisions are always coming about with any medical problem that we have. So uh, finding out that you were a decision-making expert, I thought best to bring you on and teach us all how to make decisions and commit to them. So before we get into the actual show, just give us a little brief background on who you are. Sure. My background actually is that I worked for 20 years in predominantly financial services, New York financial services, and I worked always in human resources. So I specialized in um, employee relations, staffing, recruiting, compensation and rewards, and I did a lot of coaching, executive coaching, um, hiring, staffing. So anybody that had a problem from interns to the C-suite I just started to notice in my career, wow, people really come to me when they have problems, which of course is the nature of HR, but I always found that I seem to be really good at helping people come to their own decisions that they could be confident about. Okay. Well, welcome uh, and thank you so much for coming to the show. So we're going to educate myself and our listeners on decision-making power, really, is what I call it. So... I guess there's factors involved with decision-making, and uh, some of the questions I came about, which would be the first one, is how did you come up with uh, three? Because I read a little bit uh, of the chapter that you wrote, which is very, very interesting, but how did you come up with three deciding factors? 
Well, actually, there's a lot of different factors, and a lot of them are based on individuals, you know, what individuals are dealing with or where their particular strengths or weaknesses are. But what I found is that there are three main things that people seem to continually do that just trips them up in being able to stay confident in the decisions that they initially make. So I started to apply a lot of what I noticed into my own life and started to realize that I really was making great progress in my life in the areas that I wanted to. And I realized that it really came down to I stick with my decisions. And even when things go a little off the rails sometimes, I don't panic so much and I still just stay steadfast and Ultimately, I achieve the things I want to achieve. So I've learned in my practice, which now I'm a career coach, actually, and life coach, and I help people do that for themselves as well. Okay. And for those who are listening, of course, are, they're always interested in medicine and healing. Um, anyone listening, relate exactly what Gina's talking about today to yourself, um, not only in your life or your career, but in your, your healing and your challenges you may face with health issues. Absolutely. Um, why, why is it that people think they know what they want, but in the end, it's really not truly clear what they actually want? I, I, with me, I do that. This is what I want, but then when I'm almost there, I'm like, well, do I really, really want that? Right. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> it always seems to happen, right? Um, so uh, what I see are these three things that often happen with people is, first of all, they'll spend a little bit of time on what they want, and then they'll immediately jump to, well, how is that going to happen? So I tell my clients to imagine like the scales of justice, you know, it's that that big um, scale. And on the one side, imagine your what is there? What is it that you want? And on the other side of the scale, imagine your how is there? Okay. So, you know, we're always thinking about, well, what do I want and how am I going to make that happen? So if you're balancing that on a scale, what I find is that a lot of people will tend to put a ton of value on the how. And they don't always understand that by doing that, you can sometimes risk what you actually want to happen. Because if things don't start to unfold the way that you thought they should, then you'll start to lose your confidence and think, well, maybe that was never realistic. Well, what was I thinking back then? Or, well, I'm not going to make those kinds of changes in my life to make that happen. So that's the number one thing is I think people spend a little bit of time on what and then jump right to how and spend lots and lots of time coming up with stories and imagination about how it should all unfold. The second thing is that I see is that people start to believe that what they want is sometimes out of their control. So they may get clear about something that they want for their lives, such as maybe to lose weight. But then they'll think that there's factors that they can't necessarily control. Well, what if that diet doesn't work? What if my doctor tells me not to do that program? Or what if I can't afford the membership to the gym? Or So they start to put a lot of the control for their goal on external factors. Okay. And then the next thing that I see is that People will judge what they want to be valid only if it tends to come to them the way that they see it's happening for other people. So again, in the weight loss example, if somebody makes a decision to lose weight or if they had friends that lost weight, if they did it using one program, then that program should work for them. If they 
did something very simple, like just give up soda and walk around the block a few times a day, but they don't have the results that their friend does, then they'll say, well, this isn't working for me. My decision's not valid because it's not unfolding. I'm not getting the results that other people seem to be getting. Right. So it's basically defining your own what. Um, Even though three people might want to lose weight, um, they all choose different methods, not just what you're doing. I should decide what I want to do. And maybe I don't want to give up soda. Right. I want to continue drinking soda but lose weight. Correct. So it's really defining that actual what. Right. Um, How do you help people to see that they're giving up their decision power to someone else? I, I notice that a lot even in my office. And I do see that with patients when they are given a, um, it could be anything from a a horrific diagnosis of a brain tumor to something, you know, benign like a a herniated disc and you need Mm -hmm. surgery. Um, And then a lot of times when we're explaining to patients possibly the course of treatment, how things are going to go, a lot of times people, of course, shock is there, but they let other people control their destiny, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in healthcare 12 years before I did this um, at a local hospital. I noticed patients a lot of time, I'd ask them questions about their health or their illness, and they would say, well, oh, I don't know, my husband knows. Or I don't know that whatever my wife says, I do. So why do you think that is? Why do people give up their decision-making power to someone else? Well, I think that what I see is that um, you know, for a lot of people, They put their power in the results that they're realizing as opposed to the decision that they make and then just letting whatever's going to unfold, unfold. So, for example, um, you know, people will sometimes make a decision, like you said, um, maybe if there's a medical procedure that they need to have or, you know, doctors are recommending that they have this procedure and they're not necessarily sure if that's the way for them to go. I think that people have to decide what is it that they ultimately want to achieve. If they're dealing with some kind of pain, for instance, I know my husband is dealing with this very issue right now with a herniated disc and facing the potential of surgery or not surgery. I think, you know, first and foremost, I encourage him to think about what is it that you want to achieve is if what you ultimately want to achieve is getting rid of the pain in your life, then it's up to you to do everything that you believe you can do to make that happen. So it doesn't necessarily mean listening to one doctor or considering only one plan of action, but really about getting yourself informed so that you can make the best decisions that you can. But if ultimately what you want, you know, the what, again, think of those scales of justice, is I want to live my life pain-free, then that may mean that you have to be a little flexible on the how that happens. You know, maybe you've got to talk to a bunch of different doctors or consider maybe some alternative methods or people have to let their power and their decision come from knowing that they're doing everything that they can to get what they want as opposed to letting the outcome be the deciding factor over whether or not their decision was valid in the first place. So you can't say, well, if after three months I'm still not pain-free, then my decision to be pain-free was never valid. You know, so again, it's hanging too much weight on how things should unfold or in what time frame they should realistically unfold. You just have to stay with your decision and know that whatever outcome comes as a result of you doing everything that you can, just accepting that. But the persistence 
for what you ultimately want is very, very key. So to stay open to the, the, the experience, that process that you're talking about, without losing confidence, what would you recommend when, when that, like you said, you're, you're, will relate it to medicine, your course of treatment for herniated disc will relate to your husband is, you know what, let's try pain management. Well, actually, no, let's say, let's try physical therapy, you know, mm-hmm. and you say, that's it, I'm going to do physical therapy. And you go, physical therapy, now it's not working. Right. How do you not say, well, you know what, I shouldn't have done physical therapy. I should have just went and had the injection, or I should have just went and had the surgery already. How do you stay focused on that process? I think that you have to understand, the key is in understanding your threshold, what I call your threshold for your decision. So if what you have is pain and you say, I'm going to go the physical therapy route, and that doesn't seem to be working, maybe up front what would be helpful is to make a decision that I'm going to try physical therapy for six months or for so many treatments or, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with before you make a decision to try something else. So for a lot of people, just because they may say something isn't happening the way or as quickly as I think it should, it just because they may say I'm going to try something else, it doesn't necessarily mean they've abandoned their ultimate decision, like in this example, to be pain-free. It's really got to be about understanding what your threshold is. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to adjust your life in pursuit of what you want? And to stay committed and dedicated. You know, I mean, even weight loss. Look at how many people will think, well, all right, well, if I'm going to lose weight, I should eat right and exercise more. Right. But that's a lifestyle change. And then people get into that and they realize that this isn't for me. So instead of abandoning your decision to lose weight in the first place, maybe try something different. Try something that's within your threshold for feeling like it's alive and active in your life that you're trying to lose weight, that you're trying to deal with your pain or your physical issues or whatever you have going on in right. your life. We're all, or changing your what a little bit. Exactly. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. There's a unique place in New Jersey that more and more people are discovering. A pioneer in healthcare leading the way with programs like their nationally recognized spine center, skull base surgery center, and their brain tumor center. That place is Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, ANS. Improving lives with exceptional neurosurgical services, medical firsts, and one-of-a-kind programs. ANS, home to New Jersey's largest group of world-renowned fellowship trained neurosurgeons offering advanced treatment options. ANS, a leader in stroke care with a success rate greater than the national average. Among the first in the country to use stent treavers, allowing surgeons to immediately restore blood flow to the brain. ANS, the leaders in spine care, using the latest minimally invasive techniques for spine surgery that actually reduce recovery time from weeks to days. ANS, restoring hope and helping patients regain their lifestyles. And it's all happening right here in New Jersey. For more information, Go to ansdocs.com or call 973-285-7800. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. Again, to reach us at Atlantic Neurosurgical, the number is 973-285-7800. Or visit us on our website, which is ansdocs.com. And keep an eye out in uh, probably the end of August, we'll be relaunching our new website, which will have a lot more educational information 
information on all different types of neurosurgery, uh, alternative therapies, and actually some links to some really interesting uh, web pages, including um, this show site itself. Um, today, my special guest is uh, Gina Calvano, who, like I said, is a contributing author on the book Breakthrough, and she's a decision-making expert. And we were talking about how to make a decision, how to stay um, really committed to that decision you make. And she was relating to it on a scale, having a what on one end of the scale and a how to do it on the other. Um, and we were talking about when we went uh, for our break about once you make a decision, uh, staying to that process and maybe changing a little bit of what your what is. But when you were talking, one thing that came to mind for me and even when I see people at work or in my daily life is when you make a decision, how do you keep other people from changing that decision? I will make a decision a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm very firm with that decision. Mm -hmm. And this is even with kids. We have kids. Right. And that's it. This is the way it's going to be. But yet people can actually alter that decision you make. How do you stay strong to that? It's uh, kind of a question I just came up with while I was listening to you to relate to myself. Well, I think that, you know, when you make a decision to do something and if other evidence, <laughs> especially with children, they always are, always are presenting alternative evidence that you should consider to let them have gum or whatever they want. Right. Um, if they make people make compelling arguments that make sense to you, then change your, your decision. There's nothing wrong with changing your decision. What's wrong is in making decisions and then starting to lose confidence because things aren't necessarily happening the way that you thought that they should. But if new evidence presents itself to you and, and makes you feel confident, then go ahead and change your decision, but own that you've changed that decision. If the other evidence that's being presented isn't compelling enough to you, then stay steadfast in your decision. You know, right. you don't have to sway because other people are giving you opportunities to do so. Right. So it's really just really having confidence in yourself. Right. And, and that might be another decision you have to make is to get help to keep strong in those decisions. Right. Because uh, that that's like a personal thing. Some people are strong and can stay strong with a decision, and some are, are easily swayed, and they'll change that even if they didn't want to. Right. So it's really a life coach kind of thing right. where you have to change yourself. Um, while I was reading through some of the chapter, there are three uh, things you talk about in the chapter that gives you decision-making ma power. Um, finding purpose for decisions you make, being clear on what uh, you value more, the result or the way it comes, and deciding what you have, deciding what you want. So let's go through each one of these. First, how can people find purpose for the decision that they make? So this goes back to the question you just formally answered, okay. uh, asked me, and um, it elaborates a little bit more on my first answer. I have always been a big advocate, and I always coach my clients that the concept of purpose, you know, people want to know what their purpose for doing things are, what their life purpose is, you know, why am I experiencing the things I'm experiencing? People are always asking purpose questions. And I always tell people that, you know, our purpose is to serve others. So whenever you're facing a decision, how you can apply that thinking to making a decision is that the first thing I always encourage people to do is to get clear on how what they're deciding can matter for other people. You know, even when it comes to job interviews, when people say, well, tell me three things about yourself. And right. you say, well, I'm a people person, I'm a good listener, and I'm very analytical. It's like, well, what's the purpose behind that? Why should that matter to me? How does that serve me or anybody else? 
So when it comes to making a decision, always understand your purpose for the decision. Now, in the book, I use an incredibly mundane example of ordering a water in a restaurant with lemon and not getting the lemon, no matter how many times I ask. And I even challenged myself for, it's just a darn lemon, like let it go. But I really wanted the lemon. Right. So I had to make a decision of, well, is this my ego just needing to be served this lemon? Or is there really a purpose for this lemon? And I really got it that, you know, it's hard for me to drink water. The water, the lemon in the water makes it easy for me to drink it. And when I don't get enough water, I get really sick. Right. And when I get sick, I can't take care of my kids. I can't take care of my clients. So it just doesn't really work for me to get sick in a careless way. And as soon as I got that clarity, it enabled me to calmly stay steadfast and persistent being persistent to ask for the lemon in my water. And it's the same thing when you think about purpose and decision-making. So, for example, my husband with his chronic neck pain and him making a decision to live pain-free, a big part of how he made that decision was um, that having pain alters his attitude with the family. He snaps. He's not the same. He's not the fun guy we all know and love. Right. And although we're understanding, he understands that it can be wearing on the family. So he's very steadfast in his decision because the purpose for it is to not be this person that the family is not used to him being. He doesn't want his children growing up with somebody in the house who's, you know, angry and in pain all the time. So that gives him a lot of sustenance for sticking with his decision to live pain-free because he sees how being pain-free not only benefits him, but benefits other people. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm sure myself and the listeners can relate to that. Um, your second key thing that you speak about is being clear on what you value more, the result or the way it comes. Right. Let's elaborate on that one. Yeah. So I uh, say in the chapter, um, and I often challenge my clients with this when they're making a decision, I'll say something to them like, are you open to some kind of process specific of the outcome you want? Or are you open to some kind of outcome confident of a process? So that's a confusing way to see, way to say valuing how versus what. Again, so if how you, if what you want is something that you're very clear about, the more you're confident about what, the more you, relatively speaking, will stay open to how it happens. But if you're very, very um, committed to how something unfolds, then your what might get shaky. You know, if you have to um, deal with a medical issue with one specific doctor, you just will not change doctors. You love this person, they've done you right in the past, and you're not going to change then your outcome may or may not be as successful as it could be if you were willing to talk to other doctors, so to speak, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. I always encourage people never to judge how much they value how over what or vice versa. Just accept that if that's the direction you want to go, take the good that comes with that decision or the risk that comes with that decision, Don't judge, because sometimes how makes a lot more sense than what, especially for people that are dealing with medical situations, how risky they might um, be willing to be for, you know, surgical success rates or things like that. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, dissing how on any level. I'm just saying be clear where your thresholds are for your value. But be aware of those thresholds. So when you you decide on a how and you get to that point where you're seeing this doctor because you love him, 
there, but there comes a point, and I see it all the time with all the spe- subspecialists we have in our group, there's some that do amazing things, mm-hmm. and then there's some in our group that are just better at it because that's right. what they do. So even though you're going to Dr. X, well, you don't have a, a back problem anymore. Now you have a tumor. Mm-hmm. So there's got to come in time probably on your own on your own thinking is like, okay, I've, I've went that route, my how. Now I have to change it, mm-hmm. and now I need to look at the other decision. But I right. guess you have to stay true to yourself and, and expand on what you want. Exactly. Okay, that makes right. a lot of sense. The uh, third one is... Uh, Deciding, um, let me say, deciding to have what you decided you want. Yes. So what that's about is a lot of times I'll hear, hear people say, you know, I want this or I want that or I want this in my life. But then when it comes to understanding what it takes to make that reality, they will back away. I always tell my clients, you know, I work with a lot of clients that do career changes, you know, um, so they're in their mid 40s and they, for whatever reason, make a decision that they absolutely don't want to do what they're doing anymore. They want to do something else. And I will tell people uh, that making a decision to make a dramatic change in your life, any kind of dramatic lifestyle change in your life, is is really, um, it just really kind of comes down to you have to be willing to make the changes that are necessary with those big decisions. You know, you can't you can't make major decisions and expect that there's not going to be any rumblings or upset right. in your life. But by the same token, there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of that as well. So I tell people that if you truly have to make a decision, sometimes making the decision is not the hard part. What the hard part is, is making the changes that are necessary in your life to see your decision come to fruition. Right, to achieve that goal. Exactly. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you to close the show today. Um, all, always on my shows, I ask my guests, what is your takeaway message? So I guess for for this show, what is the most relevant factor for staying committed to decisions we make? Um, let the listeners know, really, I guess, what you really want them to know about decisions. It really all comes down to clarity, clarity about your threshold for what you want to achieve and your threshold for how you're willing to achieve that, how much value you're putting in the how along with the what, and not being afraid to change your decision if new information presents itself, okay? And I always tell people that when you're clear, confidence is a natural byproduct of clarity, And a natural byproduct of confidence is the motivation to do it. So if you really want to get motivated to do something, get clear about what you want to do, how you're willing to do that, then the confidence will follow that and the motivation and the get up and go for it will also follow that. I want to thank you so much, Gina Calvano, for today's show. It really um, enlightened me on decision-making, and I was able to see um, so many different factors in myself on how to how to stay committed, um, kind of changing my house on a few things that I might have already done. Um, I can definitely see where needing a life coach and more of the things you do would help someone because sometimes we might not have those tools in right. order to make those decisions. So it's very important. Uh, maybe we'll bring you back in, in the next couple of months and we'll talk about life coach. I haven't had a life coach on the show. So maybe we can pick some topics for our listeners to work on them. Again, that was Gina Calvano. She was a contributing author to the book Breakthrough. Uh, the book is uh, on Amazon. It was actually on the bestseller on Amazon. And you can go to Amazon.com and look for that book. Um, her chapter on that is in decision making. Again, I'm Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Uh, to reach us, it's 973 285 
1-800-227-8800 and visit the Answers Live website at AnswersLiveNJ.com to listen to Gina's show uh, again and all the other shows. Thank you all so much, and I'll be speaking to you again next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.